Good day, I'm Derek Vildebrandt, publisher of the Western Standard. Today is May 11th, 2020 You're watching the Alberta Report, our daily campaign updates from the campaign trail here. I'm joined as usual by Western Standard News Editor, Dave Naylor. How are you, Dave? I'm well, Derek, thank you. Our uh, opinion editor, Nigel Hannaford, is out and about on some business right now outside of our office, but uh, we've got uh, Western Standard Calgary reporter, Jonathan Bradley, joining us. How are you, Jonathan? Doing good, how about you? Beautiful. No one's supposed to ask me that back. <laughs> okay, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the complete non-fallout from revelations that the NDP have open communists running for them in this election. Total, total media silence on the fact that the NDP have uh, incontrovertible evidence that the NDP have open communists running for them right now. Uh, we're going to talk about the latest seat projections from 338.com that are projecting in wild nail biter of, of a race right now. Really just a few seats. That could, it could come down to a few hundred votes in just a few constituencies to determine who wins the May 29th election. And uh, the latest promises from the campaign trail, the UCP promising a 25% discount if you're old. That's right. If you uh, are officially a senior, how old? 65. If you're 65 or older, you get 25% off on all government services. Campaign promise sure to make uh, Jonathan and I happy at least. Eh? <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, oh, and before uh, we get into it, I just want to thank our sponsor, Canadian Shooting Sports Association. Uh, uh, Canadian Shooting Sports Association is Canada's leading firearms rights organization in Canada. If you're a gun owner in Canada, you need to be a member. Go to cssa-cila.org. Uh, or just Google them, as I do, and become a member today. It's worth every penny to defend your rights as a firearms owner in Canada. Okay, so um, yesterday, Jonathan, you broke the story, actually. Yeah. Uh, Edmonton uh, MLA, uh, two-term MLA, and NDP candidate Rod Loyola, um, previously was known for his weird secular but church-like service uh, in the memory of uh, then-recently-deceased uh, Venezuelan uh, communist dictator Hugo Chavez, but then you uh, broke a story yesterday uh, obtaining pictures of him marching in front of a Communist Party of Canada parade with a big Communist Party banner. Uh, pretty clearly communist. I don't think there's any disagreement that he is marching with, if not leading, a Communist Party parade. Um, you broke the story on it. Uh, there was no comment from the NDP, probably wisely so, because the rest of the media, uh, have you, I asked you to look into it this morning, has there been a single news report from the Herald, the Journal, the Suns, television, radio, have you seen a single report in legacy media pointing out that there is an open communist running for the NDP right now? Nothing. I went on Google News uh, prior to getting on here to see if there was anything posted in the last 24 hours about Rod Loyola. And nothing. The only other thing that was available was a rebel news story that was unrelated. Yeah, about his previous Hugo Chavez. No, no, no. But the rebel news story was about his comments about the police that they posted. They were doing oh, yes, about yes, it. yes. But nothing. I didn't see anything from the Calgary Herald, Edmonton Journal, CBC News Calgary, CTV News Calgary. Uh, Dave, what the hell? You've worked in the legacy media. You worked at the Calgary Sun. Uh, for almost most of your career uh, before the Western Standard here. Um, I feel like at least the old son would find it newsworthy that a sitting MLA, two-term MLA and candidate 
for a party that has a good chance of forming government in Alberta is a member of a political party that killed about 100 million people in the last century. I, I think the old son would have, but don't forget it's not the son anymore. It's, yeah. it's, it's post media, it's run by the, the, the Herald. They're, they're both the same. But, you know, the, the big thing, we're not surprised, are we, Derek? Uh, that the, the, the legacy media is... Like I'm feigning order. surprise. Yes, feigning, feigning surprise. Okay, but we're, I, yeah. we're shocked because uh, the, the, the media, for the most part, the legacy media is left-wing and they're not going to go out of their way to write stories that uh, uh, could lead to, uh, you know, some votes swinging towards the UCP. Uh, they don't like the UCP and their columnists uh, clearly favored the NDP uh, and they're not going to do anything to, uh, to harm them. Okay. But, I mean, they're not 100% in the... I don't leave, I know some of our reviewers disagree, but I generally don't think of them as sitting around the taking orders from the NDP war room. No. Uh, you know, most of them are more professional than that. And there are some good people in the legacy media. Like, they're not all bad. There's some good guys there. There's no, some guys there who, are. Yeah. But, but where, where the hell are they? Keep in mind that uh, certainly for, for post-media, the Journal, the Sun, uh, the Herald, uh, the Edmonton Sun, they, they don't work in newsrooms anymore. They just stay at home and work in their individual basements. Uh, so there's no exchange of ideas. There's no, uh, you know, talking amongst the reporters, you know, coming up with ideas, generating ideas, saying, hey, let's go after this. Uh, there, there's none of that that goes on, which, you know, for a, for, a, for a newsroom, that is exactly what you need. And I feel sorry for young journalists, unlike Jonathan, uh, who don't get to grow up in a newsroom. They get to just work at home and don't get to experience what, what Jonathan does, uh, uh, you know, as we abuse him here in our newsroom. <laughs> yeah, to build on that point, um, we, I mean... We actually literally do abuse him here. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, to build on that point, when Rebel News broke the story in the last election about Anne McGrath running for the Communist Party back in Calgary Varsity, I believe there weren't any news outlets uh, in the mainstream media that covered it, if I'm not mistaken. There might have been maybe one or two, but... I think there was passing mention of things, but there was no like dedicated stories that woman who ran for Communist Party in the 80s when the Russians wanted to nuke us <laughs> is running for the NDP. Uh, but there was some passing mention of it. But, I, I mean... Uh, that could be dismissed at least a little bit as oh, I was the eighties Yeah, you know, crazy kids, and, you know, and, and I think, you know, you're not that far out of university here. You know that communism is not a weird thing on modern campuses. It's, it's certainly not considered at least beyond the pale. Not, everyone's not a communist, but everyone knows there's plenty of communists. And so well, I, went to, uh... I, think, I think a lot of people in the post-secondary education system who, who come out of it think, well, everyone's been a communist. Who hasn't been a communist going through university? <laughs> and and the, the atrocities of Mao and Stalin are, are long history now and, and forgotten by the, the younger communists of the day. Well, I don't think they ever remembered it. Uh, you know, the atrocities of Hitler are still very well remembered, but, uh, you know, the, well, the communists had more time to run up their death score. But uh, I, I don't know, Jonathan, do you think it's just that this isn't seen as a, you know, you, you, so you, you know, you came out of university not that long ago. Yes. And do you think it's just that people in newsrooms see that, okay, a communist is running for the NDP. That's not a big deal. I know plenty of communists from my time in university. What is it? What do, what do you think it is? Well, I think it might just be, but we're not educated enough on that. I mean, Jordan Peterson talks about that, about the atrocities of communism all the time and how the younger generations aren't aware of that. 
Um, I mean, I went to a Trauma Metropolitan University, formerly Ryerson University, and it was a woke school where many of my fellow classmates were communists or just completely unaware of how great capitalism it is and what it's allowed people to achieve. Well, I don't know. Uh, I said I was feigning surprise, but even I've been surprised that there's just been nothing. I thought there'd be like some some reporting. Ah, but uh, there, there, I was going to say lots more to come. There, yeah, that's yeah. where I was going. Jonathan, there's lots more to come. Yes, there You've is. You've got the goods. Rod Loyola is not the only open communist <laughs> in the NDP's slate of candidates this year. Yes. Tell us, uh, well, at least tell us about what you published today or what is going to be published today. Well, there's another candidate who had retweeted a post from... Is that a, story coming today? That story should be coming out today. You can use names. Okay. That candidate, Diana Baden, was caught retweeting a post from a pro-communism Twitter account. It was related to an American hacker. And, and this, just for, for some context here, this Twitter account had hammers and sickles on it. It said, vote communist May 4th. Yeah, and had like hammer and sickle emojis and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Do they have swastika emojis? Uh, I don't believe so, no. Not that I've seen. Well, we gotta we gotta be consistent here. You either have to add swastika emojis or get rid of the hammer and sickle ones. <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry. So continue on, John. Yeah. So she was caught. Uh, she retweeted a post uh, from a pro-communism Twitter account. Of, it was titled "Vote Communism May 4th. The tweet has since been deleted of the the account, and it was about an American hacker named Aaron Schwartz, who was uh, facing up to thirty five years in prison for hacking into MIT system. And was there anything? else communist from this candidate? No, that was just it. But it was rather shocking to see someone retweet. And I know we're not going to spill the beans here, but there is even more. Yes. There is a whole den of reds. Yep. Running. <laughs> den of reds. There's a den of re a red under yeah. every bed. I mean, uh, I was accused of red baiting yesterday, so. I think there's no shame in red baiting. Uh, Absolutely none. It, 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 communism is a crime, and it's one for which, it's the only one for which I believe in uh, summary execution. <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, we're going to move on, uh, I guess, more to the politics, uh, the, the raw politics, uh, away from media, more towards the raw politics here. Uh, the latest C projections. Um, so, Jonathan, uh, 338.com. Uh, now, that, it's an aggregator. They kind of take an aggregation of generally all the credible polls that are published and, and uh, kind of come up with an average of those polls generally. And, and then use a formula that is... Not exact, but pretty good generally determining how that overall vote is going to translate into actual seats on the ground. Uh, what were the main uh, findings in the latest projection? From so the main findings were that the Alberta United Conservative Party would win 40, a majority government with 45 seats, and the Alberta NDP would form the official opposition with 42 seats, and no other parties would win a seat in the Alberta legislature. I've got, uh, I'm looking here, actually, they're, I've got the bit... Uh, 338 has at 45 and 42, but yeah, still very close. Yes, that's what I said. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, oh, you're right, yeah. So that's um, a division of just three seats, uh, and you need one for the speaker. So that would give you just a two-seat effective majority. The speaker only votes if there's a tie vote. So if someone's okay. sick one day, uh, extremely rare to see something like that. I think uh, two elections ago in BC, there turned out to be something like that. It was so close, and you had speakers breaking ties. It's uh, very unusual. Uh, any, any, uh, anything else uh, stand out for you from the projections there? 
Nothing really. I mean, there's a whole bunch of seats uh, in Calgary that are toss-up seats at the moment. Um, that's not really a surprise because Calgary is the battleground area. There's a few outside of Calgary that are considered battleground areas like uh, Banff Kananaskis, Lethbridge East, uh, Sherwood Park. Uh, Lesser Slave Lake was considered a battleground, but it's starting to trend more UCP now. So I suspect mm -hmm. that seat will probably go to the UCP. Actually, yeah. So my mix up there was um, the popular vote of the, of the average of these polls was 48 uh, UCP, 44 NDP. So the UCP has a slight overall edge in the popular vote. Uh, and then I think the smart wisdom, Dave, is that even if the parties were tied in popular vote, the UCP still probably comes out ever so slightly ahead because uh, the math is just better for them. The NDP are so concentrated in, in, in Edmonton and the and with the exception of a very small number of seats, uh, the two in Lethbridge, Banff, Kananaskis, the NDP is totally uncompetitive outside of the two big cities. Right. They're basically going to have to sweep Calgary if they're going uh, to, be, if they want to become the government. Uh, getting back to the polls, saw one earlier this week on, uh, by Main Street, uh, 50 to 43 for the UCP. So they're the sort of first poll to show that the, the UCP may be gaining a little bit of, uh, get, getting a little bit of uh, traction. But uh, yeah, currently right now, as it stands, the numbers are not there for the NDP to form a, form a majority. But it's close. It's close. So and even with uh, some of the toss-ups, there's maybe like a percentage of a difference, like uh, Calgary, Acadia. So we're going to dive into some of these seats right now. Um, so they got a list here of the toss-ups. There's a lot of, we're not going to go through every toss-up because there's there's a lot of them. But some of the highlights here. So Calgary, Acadia. Yes. Um, so there we've got Tyler Shandro running, uh, and who's the NDP candidate? Diana Madden. Diana Madden. Um, that is a wildly tight race. I know the UCP is pouring resources into it. The NDP is pouring resources into it. There, it could come down. I would not be shocked to see that as the single closest race in Alberta or easily, I'm going to say it's in the top five closest <clears throat> races in Alberta. It could be easily within a couple of hundred votes. I would not be sh shocked at all. And there, you know, it's, it's a particularly interesting race, uh, Dave, because uh, Tyler Shandro was the health minister under Jason Kenney. And the left hates him because uh, it was fights with doctors and whatnot. And a lot of the more populist right hates him because he was the minister who oversaw lockdowns and mandates and all of these things that played a massive role in having Kenny thrown out. Uh, yeah, he's got the ghost of COVID hanging over him. Yeah. Uh, so he, he's in a he's in a tough battle. He's in a battle for uh, for his political life, without a doubt. And then on top of that, there's the Lost Society of Alberta investigation that he's facing right now over. His, I'm not. Uh, that, that one's getting some media attraction. I'm not sure that one though is getting as much at the doors. But no, I mean, anger at him over COVID. You know, a few hundred people who are still upset with maybe they've forgiven the UCP and come back in the general UCP fold, but who are angry at him over his actions as health minister. Conservatives who stay home or vote for one of the smaller parties on the right, that could cost them the seat. I guess the the question there, I think, is. Luckily for him in this case, I don't. most people don't vote for their MLA. They vote party, they vote leader and platform. They, they're not really voting for MLA, but I, and, and Daniel, he's in trouble. And Daniel Smith was sort of elected on a, on a platform where she vowed never to bring in lockdowns again and, uh, and wasn't happy with what, what Kenny did. So, mm -hmm. so you're right, though. That's uh, Chandra's only hope. Uh, Calgary Bow is another very close one. There we've got... Uh, the UCP's Minister of uh, Post-Secondary Education, uh, Dimitrios Nikolaitis, running. 
Uh, he's being challenged by Drew Farrell. She is a former member of the Calgary City Council. Dave, you would have covered her at the city. Oh, yeah. The oh, oh, yeah. Uh, she is, uh, <laughs> I don't think she's well known in the riding because her municipal ward was in a different, more central part of the city. Uh, Calgary Bow is on the western extremity of the city. Uh, Got name recognition, though. That's she does uh, have name recognition. Uh, but she, she's got a bit of a record, and it's uh -huh. not necessarily a particularly the centrist Lahidian image that the NDP is trying to put forward. No, no. She was very left-wing on, on Calgary City Council, uh, ignited a firestorm when she accused police officers of being wife beaters, uh, you know, and has a, you know, currently going uh, before the courts uh, right now uh, with a uh, uh, lawsuit brought on by a Calgary businessman that uh, she basically forced the closure of his his stampede tent because she didn't like uh, the noise and the parking around her uh, her Kensington home so that's yeah that's what his lawsuit is, uh, is alleging about, yes yeah uh, so yeah she's well known she's well, uh, very well known uh, as quite a left wing uh, so she would be on the, the further left of the uh, NDP spectrum although we don't know if she's an actual communist so probably not the most left wing oh uh, yeah good point good point. I mean <laughs> She she's, could be pretty far left, and she's right of the communists. But we, we, yeah, she's we, right of a communist, but probably left of Janice Irwin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, uh, you know, so the Calgary ones are close. We know that. But let's just kind of talk about some of the other kind of bellwethers that are outside. Uh, we'll start maybe Sherwood Park. So the donut around uh, Edmonton, uh, very important because remember. The NDP has got to run up the score so far in Calgary to get to a bare majority that these few ones really do count. Um, so I know there's Strathcona Sherwood Park, which is a big, more sprawling one that's projected slimly to probably remain UCP. But Sherwood Park proper, uh, Jonathan, that one is projected now to narrowly flip to the NDP. Yes. And it's uh, Justin Walker who's running in that area. Um, someone who's not a high-profile name, he wasn't a cabinet minister or anything like that. But it just goes to show that the suburbs do matter with these elections. Like, I know that Airdrie, for example, is set to say UCP, but some of the other suburbs in, like, say, Edmonton are leaning more towards the NDP. Yeah. Um, I guess the only one in... Uh, there's only two seats in all of uh, central and southern Alberta uh, outside of Calgary that the NDP have any shot at right now. And that would be Banff, Kananaskis, and <clears throat> Lethbridge East. Uh, Banff, Kananaskis is a weird riding. It, on a map, it looks like it's a big rural one, but it's different, Dave, right? Yeah, it's, you know, you've got uh, uh, the, the the population centers of, uh, of Banff, uh, which are... And Canmore. And Canmore, uh, which are, are, you know, sort of young, hippie-ish people, uh, you know, maybe seasonal workers at the... Uh, at the restaurants, at the ski hills, uh, whatnot. So you would think they may tend to be left, left-wing leaning. And then also in the in the uh, in the riding, you've got you know the ranches and, and cowboys. Well, that's the reason it's not solidly in the left. Exactly, exactly. So uh, it's all all to play for at the moment. It's a weird riding. Yeah, you got you got like rich oil guys who built uh, nice big places in Springbank. You got ranchers and cowboys. And then you got hippies and ski bunnies. Uh, it's a what's weird a, running. What's a ski bunny? Uh, we're going to have to explain uh, that to you off of the air. It's no wonder we abuse you. <laughs> of course, I think the big issue in Lethbridge is, uh, is, is health care and lack of doctors. 
Yeah, so Lethbridge, you see the NDP currently holds um, uh, Lethbridge West with Shannon Phillips. Uh, but Lethbridge East, uh, Deputy Premier Nathan Newdorf facing very serious challenge. 338 is projecting him that the, by thin margin flip to the NDP right now. But uh, I think, you know, that one's still definitely in play. Okay, uh, not a lot of news from the campaign trail itself. You know, and I really hate campaign promises now because it's mostly involving spending money. Some of our seniors are going to hate me for this one because I don't like this campaign promise. 25% off of fees for seniors. Okay, if the government is charging a fee for something, it should be because it costs money to do something, like a park fee, and that fee is supposed to cover that, not generate income for government. So, uh, Dave, Dave, tell us about this promise, the 25% uh, discount on seniors. Yeah, this is the one uh, Premier Smith has just announced while while we've been talking. Uh, Yeah, they're going to offer 25% senior discount on all government services, from uh, uh, park passes, camping spaces, driver's licenses, driver's exams, driver's renewal, uh, see if you're old, you get a discount. <laughs> so, uh, Jonathan, I'm sure you're a big fan of the seniors discount here. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sympathetic. I want to pay less for things, but I'm, you know, I, I, private businesses are free to give discounts wherever they want. Seniors, veterans, police officers, whatever you want to do if it's private business, but for government, the idea of fees as opposed to taxes are supposed to theoretically be revenue neutral. We know if you've ever registered a truck in Alberta, you know, that's bullshit, but um, it's supposed to be revenue neutral. And, but you know, who's got less money than I say, I'm sorry, seniors are going to hate me, but you know, who's got less (laughs) money than seniors, young people who have just started their careers, guys like Jonathan who are coming out of university and, you know, they're trying to claw their way up. You got a, you got a lot of expenses. You, you don't have a nest egg to live on. Why don't we have like a young workers discount? So, you know, if you're 20 and you want to go uh, to Banff, uh, not Banff, but I guess a, a provincial park. Yeah. yeah, you know who's going to agree with you on this and who's not, who's not going to be happy with this? Ski bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jonathan, we're going to teach you. We're gonna, we should introduce him to some ski bunnies. Yes. <laughs> you know, Banff isn't closed yet. I saw it's still exactly. Banff Sorry? I still haven't been to Banff yet since I moved out here. Okay. We're sending you back out east. <laughs> you haven't even been uh, anointed with your prairie oysters yet. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what's your take, Dave? Is it smart political? Is it? I don't, I'm just sick of spending promises like this that are just niche. Because, like, I don't get any of them. No. None of these things are for me. No, but if you're a senior, you do get them, and it, uh, you'll, you would like that proposal. Anything to save money. Because there's a lot of seniors, Derek. Yeah, they're not all wealthy, living on nest the, eggs. I, I, there are seniors who have struggled, who have a hard time I'm getting by. For the hate mail in the comment section in my emails, I know all the seniors are going to hate me for this one. Just think, if we're going to have fees for government services, it should be revenue neutral to cover. Like, if you're booking a park, you know, a camping spot in a park, it should be the cost. Yeah, of but the, the cost of all government services isn't revenue neutral, is it? No, and then they should cut it by twenty five percent for, for all everybody. of us. For Absolutely, God's I'll, I'll agree with that too. If, if they would, if their promise was, we're going to make the fees for government services revenue neutral. So registering your vehicle is not going to be a tax grab. It's just going to be the cost of making sure we can keep track of your vehicle. Great, ten bucks. That's I, all it should cost. <laughs> yeah, probably. That would be a great promise. But if it's just, oh no, it, it, we swear it's revenue neutral. But for some reason, it costs less for any demographic. I don't mean to pick on the seniors. I'd be almost as angry if it applied to me. 
Well, this, almost. Well, this contrasts against the Alberta NDP's policy on seniors, where they want to expand home care and make the shingles vaccine free and build more seniors housing in individual and collective settings. So I think this was just like a response to that. Well, let's, yeah, let's be honest. Most promises for most parties have nothing to do with what's good. It's, it's to get votes. That's what this crap ball is. Okay, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining. Thank you. And uh, thank all of you for joining us on today's Alberta Report. Remember, if you're not yet a member of the Western Standard, you need to be. Go to westernstandard.news, click on membership. It's only $10 a month or $100 a year to get uh, unlimited access to all of our content. Thank you very much. We'll see you tomorrow, and God bless. Here's an update on commodity prices in Lethbridge for today. Cash barley is down $2 at $4.05. Feed wheat is down $2 at $4.04. And corn is down $5 at $3.90 per metric ton. In the milling wheat markets, July Minneapolis futures are lower 12 cents at 8.37.5, with local hard red spring bid for May movement at 9.95 per bushel. Looking at canola, nearby futures are down $4.20 at 7.30.50 per ton, with delivered values for May at 16.33 per bushel. In the pulse markets, nearby red lentil prices are lower a penny at 34 cents a pound, and yellow peas are holding at 11.50 per bushel. And in the cattle markets, June live cattle added 25 cents at 163.25 per hundredweight. For more information on pricing or picked up options, give me a call at 403-394-1711. I'm Matt Buscom at Marketplace Commodities, accurate real-time marketing information and pricing options. Canadian Shooting Sports Association, without the CSSA, our gun rights would have been taken long, long ago. These guys are on the front lines helping to draft smart and intelligent firearms regulations and legislation in Canada, and more importantly, educating the public about how we keep guns out of the hands of the wrong people. To become a member, it's absolutely worth every penny. You can become a Western Standard member for just $10 a month or $99 a year for unlimited access.